What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two, we Paper Room Podcast. We made it. I mean, we're two episodes in. That means like we're we're official, almost. Kinda. I don't know how many episodes it takes to be official, but we're here. We're going to keep going. We're going to try this out. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. The Paper Room Podcast. Hey, if you guys uh, went back and maybe you saw episode one, uh, if it blessed you, believe it's going to bless somebody else and share it on your social media platforms. Uh, And I'm excited about today's conversation. You know, one thing that we want to emphasize is that being a young adult, uh, it's hard, right? I mean, it's it's a... for some people, it's e- easy, like Ishii. No. Um, but being a young adult, it's, it's a hard. crucial time in your life. You're, it, and it's very different out here than it when is. I was a young adult. Yeah. I, you know, You know, one thing that uh, that Summer and I always, like, we'd always tell each other in New York, like, man, it is, like, it, I can't imagine being single in a city like that. Oh, Nikki and I had adult, that discussion you know? the other mm-hmm. day. Yeah, it's tough. Because in the young adult world, you're trying to, you're trying to figure out who you are. You're trying to figure out what you want to do. You're trying to figure out what school you want to go to when you graduate high school. Uh, you know, you think about just how often people change degree plans in college. Like, yes. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I, I read 80% of college students change their degree plan at least three times. Right? Well, I only did it nuts. once. No, I did it once. That's good. Me too. Yeah, when I saw how much math I was going to have to take. Uh, For what was your first degree plan? I was a business major. Okay. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved business. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw all those math, like it was like a straight semester and a half. Yeah. Every class was mm-hmm. a math class. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't think I'm called to this. No, not not at all. Uh, and I'm glad you said uh, you don't think you're called to this because that's the question we're looking at of, yeah. of why am I here? Like, And, and that and that question of, of what are we called to do? Uh, and it's going to be a fun, exciting uh, conversation. And so all to say, welcome. So glad that you're here on this journey with us. And our desire is simply to help young adults look more like Jesus. Like yes. That's what we want to do. As you're navigating life, as you're figuring out what to do with your life, what college to go to, what degree plan to go after, uh, who to marry, all that good stuff. Uh, we are praying that you, in all that, you would simply be a disciple and follower of Jesus during your faith journey. And mm-hmm. our hope is that these conversations will kind of help you along the way. Uh, so we're looking at this question of why am I here? And so before getting to that question, uh, I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, what's something, um, you know, as a kid, you dream a lot, right? You start playing with toys, you start all that stuff. You start dreaming and you start watching certain <coughs> TV shows, cartoons, all that stuff. You start dreaming uh, and imagining things. Uh, what's What did you want to be when you grew up? Like when you were a kid, like what's... What's something you wanted to be when you grew up? Ish. Nick? You go first. I've been talking already. That's true. Well, I wanted to be, I remember distinctly in first grade, they had us write it down on paper. I wanted to be five different things. Five. One was a singer, a dancer, a runner, an artist, and a teacher. At the same time? Well, I don't know why they had us list out like five. You could do all that on TikTok right now. That's true. Yeah. So that's awesome. uh, For sure, the one that like stuck with me the longest was to was to be a teacher. Like through elementary, like all the way through high school. Like I had that desire to like. I didn't know what it would look like. I just thought like I want to be a teacher and I want to have a classroom one day. And I just had very good teachers in Mm -hmm. elementary school, and that helped me keep that dream going. So by the time I graduated, I thought that I was going to be. Um, like a teacher in a high school. And then sometimes if you're, if you want to be a coach, you have to be a teacher. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'll just, you know, coach cross country because like I'm a runner. Writer. So I could do both. <laughs> you know, so that's definitely what I wanted to do. I, uh, my elementary experience was, was a little hard because you may not think this is true, but I was a troublemaker in elementary. Um, and so every <laughs> single elementary teacher I had 
knew my mom because my mom worked at Bell's, the department store, uh-huh. and they all shopped there. Like it was always girls, ladies, and <laughs> And so every time I got in trouble, my mom would hear about it, like, you know, on a Saturday morning or something like that. She probably had to get them teachers so many discounts Man, to help you out back in the day. It was not good, uh, and I hated it. But yeah, what did you want to be when you grew up, bro? Yeah, so unlike Isha, I didn't want to be five things. I wanted to be two things. Okay. Uh, one of the one, one of the earliest memories. Uh, I wanted to be an entertainer. Um, that kind of stayed the longest. But I also used to back in the day, growing up, I used to want to be a wrestler. <laughs> and uh, I, I love watching. You know, are you talking like 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 gym wrestling or what? Are we talking no, about? no, no. I'm talking about sports entertainment. WWF. Mm. Ultimate Warrior, oh so it's Zeus. Not, I love that you said WWF because it's not even what it's called anymore. That, so that's, that's what, back in the day. That's back in the day. It's called WWE. That's now, when it right? was. That's I remember when it used to come on on Saturday. Okay. And I used to watch wrestling on Saturday, and I remember when Monday Night Raw, the first episode of Monday Night Raw, um, <laughs> and yeah, man, I used to want to do that. Who, who is your favorite wrestler? I, first, I can't picture you watch wrestling. Like, to, yeah, it's wow. so funny. I don't know. It's unexpected. It's <laughs> just not what I think. Usually, it's like I want to be a firefighter. Mm, you nah, know. Right? Man. I mean, you know, of course, the Hulk Hogan. You know, Hulk, yeah. Hulk Hogan was was Hulk the man. Hogan. But did you ever like like tear your shirt off in your room? I used to try, but you know, back then they made you. Know, I didn't know that that was a special shirt he had on. Oh, that's yeah. a special oh. shirt. Fruit of the Looms make that stuff strong. You know, when you look at each other. But I'm gonna tell you, growing up, my my favorite favorite wrestler was Ultimate Warrior, because mm. when he used to come out, I mean that whole place would get lit. I yeah. mean he and he was like a Tasmanian devil, just you know. So, yeah, wrestler or entertainer, mm. and um, I still love entertainment, uh, even in ministry. Um, I think, and people might, you know, get upset with this, but there is yeah. an entertainment aspect in that you got to hold people's attention. And uh, so, so yeah, man, that's cool. That's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I love. I I loved wrestling too growing up, and I you know up until that's I why like, you was bad in school, probably because you probably was wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> like me and my <laughs> friends, and they, we, would, we would fight outside, pretend like you know we we're you know wrestling and all. Who's your favorite wrestler? Belt. I was Shawn Michaels, hundred ah. percent heartbreak kid, sweet chin music. Sweet oh man, chin. he was so good. Um, you know, I think about this. You know, as a kid, like you said in your elementary class, like they made you list five different things. What do you want to be when you grew up, right? And that's just our culture. Like we live in this culture of just possibilities and opportunities, and everybody is in search for this question of why am I here? And when it comes down to, it, it's a question of existence. Like we want to know why are we here? You know, if you're a person of faith, why did God put you on this place, mm-hmm. on this earth? Uh, and so we're trying to figure that out. That way, one, we can make decisions to help us in the path that we believe we're called to go on. Um, and that's just what what we what we do from the moment when we were kids we start dreaming and we think I want to be this when I grow up um, people want to know who you are and and why you believe you're on this earth and why and what you're gonna do to make a difference uh, and it's just that that purposeful existence of search uh, and it's interesting to me um, I one time had a had a conversation with a buddy of mine uh, he he's agnostic meaning he doesn't believe in God doesn't believe in Jesus uh, but he thinks that there's a possibility that God exists so he's not atheist he's mm-hmm. he's agnostic um, and I asked him this question I asked him a question of uh, what's something that you feel like is the most compelling thing about Christianity so like if you were to believe in in Christianity as a religion or just in believe in Jesus uh, 
what's one of the most compelling things that kind of draws you to that? And he said the fact that in Christianity, everybody has a plan and a purpose. Wow. And I was like, man, that's a powerful statement. Wow. Um, so I was like, so you don't have a plan and purpose because you don't believe in Christianity? And I didn't tell him that. <laughs> that's um, a good question But to yeah, ask. no, it's, it's, it was dope like to hear that response from him. Um, and that's that question of existence of what is our purpose? Why are we here? Uh, and as believers of Jesus, um, I'm praying that we would uh, look to Jesus for those uh, answers and responses. And so um, I think about you guys, you know, I love looking at your journey. Uh, I've gotten to know y'all for a while uh, and just in your life and your ministry. Um, and, and I would love to kind of hear us talk about how did you get to this point uh, in ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for, for, for you guys, you know, we think about why am I here? How did you wrestle with that question of why am I here? Uh, and maybe for, 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 you know, you talked about being, or you wanted to be an entertainer and a <laughs> yeah. wrestler. Uh, how did wrestling with the question of why am I here kind of shape and change the passions that maybe you were once going after as a kid. And as you start growing up, uh, you start seeing, you know, a different path for yourself. Uh, so I'd love to kind of talk about that. How did you get to this point? And even in serving in the very specific capacities that you're doing, uh, let's hear from that. Mm. How did you get here? Well, um, I guess just for context, like I'm, I'm 23 years old. I started serving here at BT when I was 18. So, um, I don't think I ever asked that question, why am I here, before I met Jesus, which is actually Ooh, kind of weird because I, I, uh, I knew I had an idea of what I wanted to do. Five and things. in my, <laughs> yes, <laughs> all five, five things. <laughs> yes. So in my mind, I just thought, okay, well, I know that my purpose here on earth, like I didn't, ha- I didn't think to ask that question because I just thought like I'm going to follow my dreams and I'm going to pray about them, I guess, every, every once in a while. Like that was my uh, thing growing up. Um, but where I was was not good. Mm. I was chasing relationships like all my life. I just wanted to love people and I wanted to be loved. So when Jesus met me, it wasn't, that question either. It was just like, okay, it's it's a better understanding. Um, but when I did come into ministry, um, I went through, fast forward like two years, I went through a traumatic experience and heartbreak. And that coming out of that is when it was revealed to me what God wanted me to do. Mm. It was uh, very clear. Like my calling is to pursue ministry mm. um, because up to that point, like I, I still had the desire to teach, Um, But it was no longer, I didn't see myself in a school. I didn't see myself like in a classroom full of kids really, but I started to gain that, that passion for, for young girls and for Mm. relationships. I wanted to help them, you know, prevent all the things that I went through for them. But honestly, I think that there's a difference between walking in my calling and walking confidently in my calling, Mm, because at some point, you will doubt your calling. Sometimes you'll question it. You might not like it. Sometimes you'll feel uncomfortable in your calling. Um, but when you start to choose Jesus, um, instead of yourself in that calling, like, okay, I know that God gave me, gave me this calling, but it's not mine. Mm -hmm. It's, it's his, it belongs to him. Mm -hmm. It's for him. Um, it took me a long time to stop trying to please people because yeah. it, my, my whole shift was like, okay, I'm going to chase relationships when I'm young. 
And when I met Jesus, then it became, I'm still chasing relationships, but now it's just with the people that I have to either like perform for or, um, you know, serve. And it became more about them and about me than it was about God. So mm. once that, once I grew out of that, um, then I was able to confidently walk in my yes. calling, knowing it's, it's for him and it's not. That's good. Me. I love that you said, uh, there's going to be moments, even when you're walking, you're calling, you're going to doubt or question it. Uh, and I think those moments come when, <clears throat> when, when you're doing what you feel like you're called to do, but then it just gets hard. Uh, yeah. it gets difficult. It gets tiring. It's exhausting. Uh, so then we start questioning like, okay, like, why am I here now? You know, type of thing. I, I, I'm called to ministry. I'm serving at this church, but they, but it's hard right now. Some difficult scenario came up and, and I think that in those moments it gets really tough because then we just want to like back out because it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have this thought that I'm in ministry, I'm serving mm-hmm. Jesus. It should be perfect every single day. But it's like, man, ministry is tough. Well, I think that <laughs> catches us off guard because we also come up with this perception of a calling that it's it's like identified around a feeling. Like yes. I've even said a hundred <laughs> times, like I felt called in 2018, but really the the fact is I was called. I I there was a feeling there, mm-hmm. but I was called. The feeling there was more like I'm fearful of the unknown. Mm-hmm. I feel unworthy to fulfill my calling. And I feel like I I don't think I'm good enough, mm-hmm. honestly, now that I know my calling. So those were the feelings. But if we just detach, like, this is my calling, it's a fact. It's something that's been given to me by God instead of, like, our, our feelings. And we won't be easily shaken when it does get hard. That's good. How about you, bro? What are some of the ways that you wrestled with uh, kind of maybe change passions and then understanding your calling? So, yeah. So um, I always say, uh, you know, I, I surrendered to my call for, for ministry at 19 um, in college. Uh, and that was, you know, I, I went on a fast and um, had people. At 19, you went on a fast? Mm-hmm. Oh, how long was that? I did a three-day fast during that time. But did somebody I, I, challenge you to do that, or you just kind of felt the call to do that? No. So in college, the church we went to, uh, my wife and I, we would fast throughout the year. Okay. And so it was in, in college, that was a, just a spiritual discipline that mm, kind of developed, you know, um, on and off. But I was really feeling a, um, kind of a, a inner conflict in in that um, I started to kind of grow into my gifting I'll, I'll say it like that um you know you, you can have gifts and and they you know they're just in your toolbox mm. but you know I started to kind of grow in my gifting where uh you know teaching the word and we had a bible study on campus and I was serving the local church and all of that was kind of being f- fanned and flamed and and growing and growing and growing Mm. and so you know that my inner conflict was like okay god yes i'm gonna serve you um i'm still gonna be a christian but like i'm not putting a whole yes on the table until i'm like 55 let me make my own money let me you Mm. know let me let me yeah that's good let me live, Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so it was just that that inner conflict in me. And so at nineteen, uh, you know, after that fast, that's when I felt like I put my whole yes on the table for God, and I said, "All right, God, you know, um, I want to give you my best years." You know, not that's saying good. when, not saying when you're fifty-five, that ain't your best years. I'm right. not. 
trying to be ageist or anything. There but, are like stats that show that. Like, like I, I remember I read that like an article or something one time that your best years are like your your fifties and sixties. Yeah. Which to me was like, God, yeah, I can't imagine think so. that be my yeah. But year, uh, but yeah. I, but you know what? I I think there could be some truth to that because by the time you're fifty, you've already been doing something right for at least. 30 years yes right and so and I, those are like the pastors and authors that are putting out books like crazy yeah, right now and, i and think and, dr yeah. T T pastor tim keller didn't right. release his first book till what he was after 50 mm -hmm. and so um you know after that fast because that inner turmoil like and i describe it like this like it felt like freddy krueger hands up in me you know just like <laughs> just being cut up you know and 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 uh at 19 i said okay god I'm going to give you my best years, you know, however that looks. I didn't know that I would be, you know, pastor in the church at mm -hmm. 24. I didn't know that I would be a part of, you know, a, a, a thriving church and in leadership at 28. Like, I didn't know that, you know, I wanted to push all that down to 55 to right. do that. But, you know, God had other plans. And, and, uh, and I would say another thing that helped, me kind of growing my calling is um, the community of faith that I had in my life. I look at the life of Timothy, how he had people from his community vouching for him, mm -hmm. his family vouching for him, pushing him into the things of God. And then he had his spiritual father, Paul, kind of pushing him and vouching for him and the people of God. And, and I kind of had all of those elements at work in my life and then just just faithfully going through the doors right. that God opened. You know, I, I say this all the time, like I have never had to manufacture anything uh, in, in, in my life or ministry. It's just been going through um, the doors that God has opened. And so, yeah, that's good. Um, I, I feel like for me, I've been a, a similar path to that is, is when I, came to Jesus late in high school, I knew right away I was called to ministry. And it's that same idea, same phrase. I'm called to ministry. I don't know what it looks like. Uh, and for me, I was like, I just want to go serve. And and I remember looking at a, at a place that is Camp Zephyr and seeing all these people there serving and just thinking like, I want to go at minimum do that. Mm -hmm. And and Zephyr was a crucial time for me. I spent um, I spent a good amount of time there. Spent about two two or three years there. Um, and tell them, like, that, like Camp Zephyr is a wonderful place. I mm -hmm. love it. Yeah. But it ain't sexy at all. No, it's not. Yeah, it was it was rough. Uh, I mean, it was weed eating for hours of the day. Uh, you know, riding a, a, a riding lawnmower for hours of the day. A lot of manual labor. Um, but the beauty of it was, it was a lot of just kind of down, quiet time. Mm where I just got to grow in my faith. I, my passion for reading came up. My passion for Bible study came up. Everything kind of grew from that point. Um, and then uh, I remember Grant said this back at the MOVE conference. So of when you look at somebody, you know, try to see something in them that I see in you. Um, mm. And that's just kind of been my story is that mm. somebody saw in me something where I didn't even see that in myself mm. uh, to where someone said, hey, like, I see this in you. How about you come help with youth ministry? Okay, cool. And then from there, it was just this, allowing God to open doors. Um, and, and I never thought I would I'd be where I'm at right now. I mean, I don't think I'm anything crazy, but God has given me opportunities to do something, some really cool stuff. Um, and, and I think it's, it's that patient walking journey with God that you'll just see him open up doors and you don't know where you're going to end up. Like, I mean, I always say this, but I never thought I would 
planet church alongside summer in New York City, but it's wow. just like you don't know. Like you, you just keep... know you're gonna be in the skybox at Pat. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you dropped that. Uh, I didn't know that. Away from all the fifty five thousand people. Yeah, I'm um, but yeah, like it's just you have these moments where you just walking with God, and then God puts somebody in your path, and then now you start walking with that person together. Yeah, that's very um, important. Yeah. Like both of you said, the community aspect at kind of like at the, on the forefront of it somebody coming in or mm-hmm. multiple people being there and it was the same thing for me i mm-hmm. think it would have been a very different story if um when i received that calling if i felt alone or if i felt like there's no one here for me to ask questions to there's no one for me to look up to mm-hmm. um but i had people like on both sides of me as i'm limping across you know like okay i'm stepping into something i don't know like and we were all in the unknown season and i think a lot of people get very um hesitant when they see and they hear this is my calling but i have no idea what's on the other side um but that community is what propels us yeah so so let me say this if there is by chance uh an adult listening to this episode, not a young adult, but you're, you're, you know, you're a little <laughs> adult, seasoned, adult. uh, you know, you're in your career path, you're maybe in your fifties and sixties listening to this. Uh, and you see a young adult who's passionate about something like, man, go pray for that young adult. Yes. Go just talk to them, ask them questions about why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, and speaking of that, like just kind of thinking about young adults, uh, in general, you know, whether in the church, out of the church, uh, what are some passions that you guys see in young adults right now that they are chasing after, uh, as they're kind of maybe wrestling with this question of why am I here? That's really good. One of the, one of the things um, <clears throat> I believe that this 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 current generation of young adults they are more comprehensive than other generations of Christians. And by comprehensive, what I mean is this: um, the young adults that are following Jesus passionately, um, they care about the spirit and the body. Mm. You know, they, mm. they care, they care about, uh, you know, they care about righteousness and justice. They care about right, uh, yeah. what goes on in the church and they care about what's going on in their community. And I think mm. that is so important um, because when you think about your purpose, why am I here? I think it, it's really simple. Now, simple doesn't mean easy, but it's very simple. Jesus says in Luke 10, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's simple. I'm not saying it's easy, but that is simple. And and one of the things that I love about this current generation of young adults is I feel that they, they are really trying to do that, loving God and loving their neighbor mm. in, a, in a more comprehensive way than let's say, you know, previous generations. And so that's what encourages me now um, as I look out and Mm. see it. Yeah, when I think about the culture, um, you know, even, I mean, this could be in church and out of church of young adults, but it's, you know, what happened in, um, in the 1900s is this reality of adults in that moment chasing their American dream of, of getting a job and, and providing opportunity. And now, I mean, we always say like, like kids these days are so, um, privileged right mm-hmm. and so they they get to have all these amazing opportunities but you know our parents and, and and grandparents like they gave that to us to provide these opportunities for us um and so it's it's amazing to have these moments of opportunities but that kind of led into this 
culture now of, of I need to find myself, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'm going to take some time to figure out who I am, find myself, what am I feeling? Um, which um, Carl Truman calls that expressive individualism. And, and you find yourself in those moments. Um, and, and that can be very dangerous <laughs> in, in, a, in an aspect of, of finding truth in yourself on what you feel. Um, and, and we see that a lot happening in culture. And so my hope and prayer is that we would find ourselves in Jesus, not just try to find what we feel. Um, mm. And so that's that's one thing, a uh, huge thing ourselves I, I see Jesus. that young adults are chasing is they want to find themselves. Uh, but yeah. it's like, yeah. No, yeah, I can think of, of three things that are a little bit like a, a trick, kind of like a tricky kind of question because they're not essentially bad things. But when I look at young adults, both believers and non-believers, I can see three things that they're chasing that almost, well, yeah, they get in the way of, of them realizing this is my purpose. This is my calling. Uh, first thing I see is pleasing their parents, Mm. like especially believers that are, they want to love people, but they also want to love God. And, and they kind of, uh, prioritize their parents plan for them over God's plan for them. Mm. And it's this very difficult road to walk because they want to respect and honor, but at the same time they want to pursue what God has put on their hearts. Um, and it is hard to walk. And the second one that I see is, um, pursuing a potential boo. That's not a bad (laughs) thing, but when I see there's a difference between, seeing someone and their God-given gifts and their passions and what God has placed in their life and wanting to come alongside them and pursue the kingdom together, that's one thing. Another thing is to see those things in someone and think they're cool and intriguing and then just kind of like latch onto them. And then those things become yours, even though they don't belong to you. And that's when people try to find themselves um, because they are confused. They don't know why they're there, but they see somebody else knowing why they're here mm-hmm. and it's compelling and it's great, but then they latch onto that. And then the third thing I see is that kind of, I'm going to focus on myself prioritizing the moment, mm-hmm. which is not bad. It's good to be present and to live in the moment, but when it becomes, I'm just going to work hard and work and work and work and yes. I'm going to neglect the relationships because I yeah. need to get enough money to become this or I need to just focus on school and then those things become all that's on their mind. Um, they're yeah, important that, things, but that's then. our, our, well, I mean, American culture is, is I'm going to work, work and work and work to build up this, this dream, this home, this, this mm-hmm. life. This, and you even said that too, like, God, let me do this until I'm 55 yeah, was, and then you got me or type yeah, of thing. Right. Uh, and, and so, but that's what we pursue. And, and it makes sense because when you, one of the first questions you ask when you meet somebody is, what do you do? Right. Mm-hmm. So right. We, we are a culture that's prized on identity and what we do versus who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, that's the the wrestling of why am I here? Yeah, is those two things put together? Um, and when I think about you know just bringing some Bible into it, Genesis chapter one, God said, "Let us make man in our image and our likeness and rule." And then obviously we read the creation story, and God is creating the world in this orderly fashion, uh, and then He rests on the seventh day. And and I think God in that moment is having is teaching us this this work and rest rhythm mm-hmm. of of just trusting Him. Mm-hmm. And God calls us to partner and join with him in the creation. Uh, and and I think now we just kind of have it like flipped 
Like we are going to work really hard uh, and, and rest, rest to go work for more yeah. stuff. Uh, or I mean, a lot of us don't even rest. We just keep going. Um, and so kind of being careful with that rhythm that we're going after. Because if we're just doing that, I think we're going to neglect. Uh, like, yeah, you can have all that. And I said this, we had young adults last night. Uh, it's like, man, if you get to that point, what's the point of getting there if you get there without Jesus? Right. And so mm. that's just a, a, a thing that we have to wrestle with. Because why are we here? Well, I believe that God put us here yes. uh, to discover who he is. And so, yeah. and that's part, like, you know, you look at, um, you know, all of us are kind of in, in the same industry or in the you know in in the same vocational ministry but you know we're talking to young adults that that you know they got a they got to brew coffee every day we're yes. talking to young adults that's you know trying to finish their last semester or getting you know getting their masters or in medical school or you know every day they wake up they have a calendar full of responsibilities and those responsibilities you know those responsibilities are leading them to a goal, a degree, yes, uh, internship or whatever the case may be. But even in that, sometimes I feel like, um, you know, they can look at that and say, well, you know, what's the purpose in that? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I just want to encourage you, like, like the purpose in that is use it all for the glory of God. Yeah. Right. The purpose in that is you know, reach your goal, get that degree, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, brew that coffee right. <laughs> for, for God's glory. Because cause here's the thing, if you love God where you are with what you have, yeah. God knows how to take you to mm-hmm. where he wants you to be. That's good. You know. Yeah, um, I love I love that you said brew that coffee for God's glory, one, because coffee is, <laughs> is Christian. Um, <laughs> coffee is Christian. Uh, but... You said young adults have a, a packed schedule of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think there's two amazing biblical characters that show the same thing. You have Jesus who lived his life as a carpenter, mm-hmm. right? Uh, working a real life job in the in the community. And then you have the Apostle Paul. Like he's like, I, I don't want you to, to have to worry about me. So I'm going to go build these tents. I'm going to go find a way yeah. to get some food. Um, and so they they did a beautiful job of integrating work and faith, right? Uh, and I think that's the challenge for so many young adults is, is doing that beautiful rhythm of work and faith, of seeing that yeah. the work that you're in is also an opportunity to live out your faith and kind of bring that together. When you brew a good cup of coffee, like yeah. I think you're you're showing people that, that rather than being upset at a coffee order, you're enjoying the fact of something you're doing, you know, mm-hmm. whatever job you're at. Uh, and if you're not enjoying it, Go find something else. Right. <laughs> and that's what that I said. Like, why are you there? You know, that's why it's, it's our purpose is simple. It's not easy. Why are we here? We are here to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Like that's what we and And I love what you said. Find yourself in Christ. Like our fundamental identity is in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in, in thinking about this, and I don't want to talk too much. Y'all jump in anytime. Um, I was thinking about Romans chapter 8, and, you know, the one of the powerful passages in Romans chapter 8 is, you know, all things work together for the good mm-hmm. of those who love the Lord mm-hmm. to them who are the called according to his purpose. Yeah. So all things don't work together for good for everybody. Right. right. They work together for good to those who are called according to the to his purpose. But then it gets real 
good. It gets gooder, and I ain't trying to <laughs> preach too much, but the context of that passage, well, there's a context to that passage. If you read above, it talks about this this idea of all creation groaning mm. and waiting for what? The sons of God to be revealed. Right, yeah. The sons and daughters of God. And so it's like all of creation is waiting for us to find our purpose. Mm-hmm. And to live out our relationship as sons and daughters of God. Yeah. Like, that's why we're here. Because the world needs yeah. you. You know, I mean, it's I I could keep going, but yeah, y'all. That's good. I love it. Uh, I think about this question, why am I here, right? And and what I want to kind of do to close off is uh, let's provide some advice, right? Young adults trying to figure out life, trying to figure out who to marry, trying to figure out uh, why they're here, trying to figure out their passions. They're going after degree plans. They're spending a lot of money in college because uh, they don't know what degree plan to go after, all that good stuff. I'm still paying um college payments <laughs> y'all pray for me but one thing i love about this generation is they're passionate you know they they love being a part of movements and, and like you said i i think that we're seeing a, a rise of young adults desiring to serve the church desiring mm-hmm. to show who god is desiring to be real in their relationship with god uh, and they're passionate and but one of the hard things is is there's so much stuff going on in this culture within even the christian world that that do you want to be a part of all of it right and so it's like i want to be a part of passion i want to be a part of carried love i want to be a part of all these yeah. things and we just want to be a part of all of it yeah. um and one thing i love about jesus is that while jesus was passionate he was also had this focused passion and i love looking at uh just moments of jesus life where he goes by himself to pray um and he wakes up and and, and people are looking for him and all that stuff and he said well it's time to go to the next town mm-hmm. uh while there was still people to be loved and served and healed and taught and all that stuff in this town um there's still good opportunities for ministry there's still important things to be done but his focus passion helped him understand i got to go do this other thing so jesus knew why he was here he, he mm. was came to seek and save the lost right yeah. he understood his passion uh and i think once we get that that reality of i understand why i'm here uh, it's going to help us be focused in what we're called to do whether that's uh working at a church setting or maybe that's uh working in a barista setting whatever that case may be like if you're passionate about that thing go after that thing <coughs> or in the mm. boardroom you know or mm. you know uh in the in the medical industry yes. or like in the education field, you know, mm-hmm. I mean. So what's some advice you guys would give to young adults who are trying to figure out life um, while they're here? It's more of an encouragement than advice, or maybe it's yeah, the same. But um, literally on the way to this podcast, to this recording, I was scrolling on Instagram, and I saw a quote from Elizabeth Elliot, who um, was an amazing woman of God. She's now passed. But um, I follow a page that's kind of like a scrapbook of her legacy. Mm. And so I saw a quote that said... What's the handle? Do you know it? Elizabeth Elliot scrapbook. Something like that. I don't know. Something like that. If you Google it, you'll find it. If you Google it. Um, Uh. So the quote said, God uses sinners. There is no one else to use. Dang. And that just like seeing that this morning, it correlates one to what I said earlier about me not feeling good enough to pursue this calling. And then also what you said last night about us um, being kind of discouraged about us wanting to make an impact like right now. And when we realize like God can still use me where I am, it just doesn't always mean I'm going to make an impact tomorrow. But our faithfulness today will matter for tomorrow. And if we are faithful with what we have, with who we have around us, um, God sees our faithfulness in in where we are. And that allows the open door 
for him to come in and then to take us where he wants us to go. So it was, it's just an encouragement. If you are like not in a church setting, in a ministry setting, if you're out in the world working, ask yourself, how can I make Jesus known? Mm. But most importantly, how can I know Jesus mm. through what I do and Oof. then glorify him? And then just ask yourself, how can I make him known through what I do and, and make him that, that forefront of every single day when I get up, how can I make him known today? I love that you said, and how can I know Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, that, that's the foundation, right? Uh, there's a, a Christian worship artist. I love listening to, um, his name is Jonathan Ogden. Um, he had this like super hipster indie worship band called rivers and robots. I actually don't even know what that means, but <laughs> he has a song called discovery. And it's one of my favorite worship songs. And in there, there's a line that he says, now that I know I'm made for this discovery. Like, this is why I'm here to discover who God is. Mm. And I think when we get to that point, it, it's a beautiful now lifelong journey of just walking in a relationship with him. Uh, and so, Nick, I'll let you close with this here in a second. But here are five questions that I read one time in a book, Garden City, John Mark Homer of Work and Rest. <laughs> but I love to give you these questions because they helped me and impacted me of, yeah. of figuring out life. First question. So, really, if you're, if, you're at, if you're asking the question, why am I here? The best way to do it is to ask more questions. And so here are more questions. What do you love to do? Mm-hmm. What are you good at? Where are doors opening? What are people who know you saying about you? And what's the spirit stirring in your heart? Um, and so if you're writing notes, write down those questions and just start processing all those and yeah. take some time to, to focus in it because that's going to help us get to that focus passion, I believe. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some advice. And I love how Isha framed that. More more encouragement. Also, I want to say this to to paper room listeners uh subscribers subscribers as you continue to listen uh take a note of how many john mark Comer references there are amen and, uh, and at the uh, end of the year we'll come at the full end of circle. the year we'll oh. come full circle Announce and it. the winner that is accurate we will send you a john mark Comer book <laughs> come on, yeah. Yeah. i'll yeah. gladly send that yeah <laughs> <laughs> Mini we be, I'm, yeah. I'm serious let's let's do that uh so that we can keep doing it but but some encouragement and it's very simple and I've I kind of been saying this. Why are you here? To love God, please, and love your neighbor yeah. as yourself. Because if, as we grow in our love, God, our love for God, Jesus said, "If you love me, you're gonna keep my commandments." Yes, you know, Jesus said it. So, the more we grow in our love for God and, and receiving, you know, His love, that is going to be the 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 catalyst for all of our actions and behaviors and desires mm-hmm. and 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 career choices. And then I would say love your neighbor as yourself and this goes into what you said. Like what do you love to do now? Mm-hmm. You know what what do you love? You know? And guess what if 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 you answer that question and you figure out that what you love is dumb, then praise the Lord. You can change what you love. You know what <laughs> I mean. Yeah. You can yes. you can redirect your affections. Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean. Um, but but it starts with identity and identifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that those are those are two big words right now at this at this juncture in life mm. as a young adult. Identity and then identifying. That's you good. know, identity. Who am I? Who, 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 you know, how am I being as a son of God or do I even have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Like, how's that? And then 
identifying where where is God leading me? How has he directed me? What are my gifts, passions, and all of that? So mm. That's good. Uh, what are you guys watching on Netflix right now? Are y'all binging anything? I don't have Netflix anymore. I watch Peacock. Oh, okay. so I, I thought you were about to say like, no, I'm like a super Christian. I don't watch TV. <laughs> oh, no. Nah. So um, this ain't on Netflix. It's on Hulu. But Abbott Elementary is hilarious. I've never even heard of it. Oh, Me you got to watch it, man. Abbott Elementary is hilarious. Oh, uh, yeah. It's very funny. On Peacock? What are you watching? Uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, I've seen oh, it before, yeah, but yeah. I just like to. It, it makes I've me I've never happy. seen it. That's actually it's better funny. than The Office. So yeah, that's uh, why I yeah. don't watch it. But it's, it's people say that. No, but for, just, <laughs> you should, just like seriously, yeah. like I had, I've had more like gut laughter. Yes, in Parks and Rec. Okay. From Parks, I'll, watch yeah. it. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it's a shot. So I tried the Office is yeah. the Office is very funny. It's OG. Yeah. The Office okay. is OG. But Parks and Rec is funny. I'm watching yeah. uh, Daredevil right now. I never saw it on okay. Netflix. Is it good? It's it's really interesting. It's good. Yeah. Um, and the reason I'm watching it. I mean, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but by this point, if you haven't seen it, it's on you. Um, <laughs> Matt Murdock comes out in a new Spider-Man movie, right? Okay. Uh, I still haven't seen that yet. Spoiler, spoiler. Boy. That's oh not gosh, a big spoiler, I've but it's, it. it's, it was almost a prediction. Okay. So the fact that he came out, I was like, oh, okay, now I got to go watch Daredevil. So it motivated. And I actually read a stat like, you know, they got like 3 million extra streams after Spider-Man came out. People went back and wow. watched it. Wow. So I'm just glad to be a part of that stat, you know, uh, that, that that is me in there. That's and why so, I'm here. Right. <laughs> and so, a part of something. Uh, anyway, love this conversation. Why why am I here? Uh, yes. Get people around you to help you process this. Get people who believe in Jesus around you to help you process this. And uh, that was a, an amazing conversation with you guys for episode two of the Paper Room Podcast. Uh, and we are praying for every young adult tuning in as you go out and figure out who you are. Uh, who has who God has called you to be and so uh, we love you guys and we'll see y'all next time see for the next, next episode alrighty